We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ivy Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast live on a Friday, which means, of course, Notre Dame recruiting hour. We're talking about wide receiver recruiting today, but especially the newest additions to Notre Dame class. Sean, I don't know if you were aware, and Brian Roberts, director of recruiting here, Sean Davis, recruiting analyst here at IrishBreakdown.com, as well as co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. But, Sean, Mike Brown has been pretty busy since he came to Notre Dame. Not only did he have to get a new group of receivers ready for a bowl game and a big-time victory over the Oregon State Beavers in the Sun Bowl, but they also need to start recruiting, man. And it wasn't just figuring out the board. It wasn't just about you know just picking up where you left off. We have seen now eight wide receivers offered to the wide receiver board since Mike Brown took over as wide receiver coach for the University of Notre Dame. So we're going to talk about everything from each one of these players, and then we're going to have a, and that'll include maybe a little bit of film, play style, latest in their recruitment, all that type of stuff. But Sean, we're also going to talk about what we can deduce for Mike Brown and talk about what we can kind of guess about what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he's looking for, what his mission is as far as 2025 wide receiver recruitment. We'll also talk about a couple of the other offers in the second section of this podcast. We'll get to a mailbag. Throw your mailbag questions in at any time. But, Sean, I'm excited about this one, man, because it's been interesting, hasn't it? Notre Dame has offered a couple big-time receivers, highly rated kids. They've offered a couple other kids that are being recruited by a lot of great programs. They've offered a couple kids that I would say are more – Good, good evaluations and guys that maybe don't have that recruiting background. So I'm excited to get into it today, man. And first and foremost, Sean Davis, how are you, my friend? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yo, I'm feeling great, man. Absolutely. Good. It's the weekend. Feeling vibes. Uh, took out the garbage this morning. Ran into one of my childhood friends. Caught up with him. So that was great. Um, I was unable to. Uh, this is why I love on your people when you can, man, because his mom passed during the time that I was in treatment. So I wasn't yeah. able to pay condolences and see her. You know, she was kind of like the midwife and mentor for my wife when my daughter was born. So, and uh, not being able to say goodbye to her and everything, just but it felt it was full circle, like being running into him, being able to see him and, uh, you know, just going over, you know, experiences we had when we were teenagers. And so, yeah, it's the, the day started out great being able to talk about. Uh, we figured out that uh, Malik has a recruiting bias that we had to break him from today. He has a recruiting. I can, called it a pre- can, I called it a prejudice. He called it a bias. All right. So here, tell me the position and then I want to guess what the bias is. OK, can we do that? Can you tell me the position? Actually, it's, not, the it's, ge- it's geographical. Huh. But he, likes Ohio, Dame, he, he likes Ohio quarterbacks. I, I don't. I don't know. That's my guess. Yeah, he likes anything Ohio, especially anything. <laughs> the fact that Marcus Freeman comes from Dayton, like him. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I hear about mm-hmm. the Wright brothers, Dayton Flyers basketball. Marcus Freeman, him, <laughs> like Dayton is like undefeated. But no, he okay. he just has a problem, man, with Canadian football players, man. I think Why? This is, this is Chase Claypool experience. Okay. So, you know, Ch- Chase came on as a pup, and according to him and others, Chase had no clue about the fundamentals of American football. He was just a big, strapping, wide receiver kid, and they had to teach him the fundamentals. He's like, dude, at this point, why are we recruiting those type of kids? And I'm like, dude, you really have a problem with Canada and Connecticut. He doesn't, he doesn't they're like talented, players. man. Because they're talented. Do you, do you on, know man. why he has a problem with Connecticut? Yeah. Drew Pine. He's like, <laughs> why are we why are we recruiting the best quarterback from Connecticut? Like, who falls for that? It, it, I think we got through to him today. I think we finally got okay. through to him because he likes Ethan Long. He okay. likes Ethan Long. Okay. He liked Delorier's film. I like it was just once, a lot. once he yeah. found out. He was from Canada, and that was his first season in Georgia. See, he, just took, he immediately see, 
He immediately went 180. Immediately. See, see, that's Malik's problem, Sean, is that he loved Antoine Deloria when he thought he was a Georgia kid, right? Mm-hmm, and then as soon as he thought he was a Canada kid, he's like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not sure about that cat. I'm not sure about that cat. Yeah, yep. man. That's funny. Yep. That's really funny. So that's that I thought that would be something like to start the recruiting show, like the, the geographical bias. Because let's be honest. Let's be honest, Ryan. I have recruiting biases. You yep. have recruiting biases, whether it's yep. a certain program, like we'll get credit to a kid from a certain program just because he's from that traditional program, right? If we hear yep. a kid from a certain state, we're like, mm, okay, let me watch this film, right? If we hear a certain coach, it's in. If we hear that Mike Mickens is in on a, a two star kid, yep. you're like, okay, this kid must be pretty good. If we hear another coach is recruiting a two-star kid, we're like, mm. <laughs> like we have, we do. That's just human beings, man. We have biases and it shows up in recruiting as well. That just happens to be his biases. I know for me, I can flat out say I was biased against Sean Civiliano Jr. in the 24 cycle. Okay. Based upon certain things. And then once I watched his film and saw his work ethic, on his IG, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Right? It, it is now. what it is. It's funny. It's funny. It, I think a lot of people have one. Carson Hobbs is a great example. Mm-hmm. When he initially con- committed to Notre Dame, there are a lot of people that were like, I don't know. And you go watch his senior film with all the great, great wide receivers he had to defend and the job he did, you have no choice but to say, Okay. All right. Yeah, we all have biases, man. I've had to rid myself of some scouting biases, Sean. I used to really love. What what was your biggest one? Um. So no, no, no. Two biggest misses that I used to make all the time. I guess at quarterback is one, just in general. But um, defensive ends, edge players with great nuance and hand play, and have a pass Mm -hmm. rush plan, folks. At least when we're rejected from the college game to the NFL. Traits matter, brother. Like at the end of the day, traits matter. I missed mm-hmm. on Derek Barnett, big time count out of Tennessee because I was like, hey, man, I don't care if he's super flexible. I don't care if he has great fl- hip flexion. I don't care. Look at those. Look at those hands. Look at that pass rush plan. And sorry, some things don't translate to the next level. Like they just don't translate as well. So, yeah, I would say um, big bodied edges with great hands and pass rush plan was probably my uh, my early bias. I don't think I really have a regional bias, though, Sean. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm actually like I- I've. I'm very well. I'm well versed in scouting like FCS football, Division two football, G five level. Like, I I don't really have any bias as far as like because there's an NFL bias to like Power five schools, for instance, right? Like, we're we want to get all the guys from the the top notch Power five schools that have a certain amount of starts under their belt, yada yada yada. And there's some there's some validation to that i mean usually those guys do turn out really well but like i don't i don't think i really have a regional bias though i don't have a regional bias it's kind of weird but that's interesting because i have a regional bias that everybody's from everybody from chicago is good Uh, that's my regional bias right all the chicago kids are great that's (laughs) oh that's my regional bias other than that as long as you're aware of it though right like as long as you're aware of it that's all that matters yeah. because that that'll make you kind of check yourself occasionally right like that'll make yeah. you kind of check, check yourself but so. do, do you guys in the jersey philly area because i'll be honest there's yeah. a bias 
there's disrespect to city kids from a football standpoint from suburban programs. Like they don't respect city programs in football. Right. They don't. They don't respect yep. the Catholic school programs, but like yep. public league programs in football, they don't respect. You flip it in basketball, the public yep. school system doesn't respect the suburban schools. Well, in I'll say this. In Jersey, there's a lot more quality football in the North Jersey section than South Jersey, mm. right? So like North okay. Jersey's where all the Catholic schools are, like Paramus Catholic and Bergen Catholic and St. Peter's and Don Bosco and all those schools, right? So I would say that New... I, I I mean, I generally understand it. Like I played football in South Jersey. So like, I understand that North Jersey has a lot more talents per capita than what South Jersey does, for instance. But I would say that yeah. there's a bias from like if a North Jersey guy and if a North Jersey person heard that there was like the super talented dude in South Jersey, right? They'd be like, ah, he's just playing against nobodies, right? Like that would be their bias. Like, cause Jonathan Taylor played down in South Jersey. He was a Salem kid. Like he was, he was about 30 minutes from where I grew up. You know what I mean? And I think there was a stick because he was a three-star, even though he dominated for years at Salem because he's a South Jersey guy, right? Like he's beating up on bad competition, like that type of thing. So I'd say that that's the only bias really in Jersey as much as like North Jersey doesn't give South Jersey guys any credit, which is so is what it is. Because I know we're about to get into the wide receivers, but just popped in my mind. And this is really great conversation that's going. I'm going to lean on your scouting expertise. Do you think that's impacted recruiting? From mm-hmm. the standpoint of kids realizing, unlike years ago, where they felt like I have to get to a big time program in order to get to yep. the next level, that's totally different now. And we see it on an annual basis. There are yep. team, non-power five schools that put plenty of players in the NFL and have done so over the last yep. decade. Yep. And now kids, instead of trying to uh, get a big time program to believe in them, like, yo, I'm going to go and commit mm-hmm. to this school that's been on me from the jump. Yeah. They have a history of putting players in the NFL. I And now with the portal, if I actually want to transfer up, I can yeah. in two or three years. I think everything that, that has impacted recruiting a lot because we're starting to see the non-Power mm-hmm. 5 school transfers pretty much become the incoming freshmen for, pro, yeah. for a lot of big-time programs. And that's hurting high school recruits. It's really a domino yeah. effect. It's hurting high school recruits. You know how else is hurting, Sean? The G five, the G five level, the mm-hmm. FCS level, because we're going to see, and it, it's already happening, but it's going to happen even more. Is that you're going to go? Some of these players who are a little bit under recruited or under the radar for whatever reason, they're going to go FCS or they're going to go G five. They're going to play really well and be developed for a couple of years, and then they're going to vault for a, G, a power five team because mm-hmm. it, it it almost becomes like a feeder to a degree, like. I feel mm-hmm. bad for FCS, like outside of like maybe the North Dakota states and South Dakota states who are always going to be able to keep a lot of their players overall. Like a lot of those teams, man, are just going to, they're just going to get depleted <laughs> year in and year out. They're just going to be taking their players on a consistent basis. I mean, like Sean, I don't even know if I told you it, it's on a podcast. So like, it's not a secret, but Tucker craft that's playing for the green Bay Packers. Now mm-hmm. I had him on the podcast before his final year at South Dakota state. Alabama offered him six figures trying to pluck him from South Dakota States because you know why? Because South Dakota State can't match that, obviously. Like they can't Man. match it. It's just not, it's not a reality in, in the FCS level and the Missouri Valley level and even in the G5 level. Like a lot of G5 schools can't play a player $100,000 to stick around. Like you can't do that. That's just not, it's not sustainable, man. So yeah, recruiting is wild though. <laughs> recruiting is absolutely wild. And we'll get into the wildness, obviously, of the 2025 wide receiver board that is continuing to expand here, Sean. I'm going to go chronologically. 
So like I said, as soon as Mike Brown came aboard, there was a reshaping of the board. Eight players have been added to the 2025 wide receiver class. So let's go one by one. I'm going to try to play film as long as my internet is is cooperative and we'll be able to break down and you guys will be able to see a little bit of what we're talking about. We'll, we're not going to as much f- super focus on watching the film and breaking down play after play after play. We're going to talk about the player, what we've seen from them already on film, what the latest in the recruiting is and, and how it could potentially fit in Notre Dame. So Sean, I think the perfect place to start is with Raiden's vines, Raiden vines, bright, who is a wide receiver now at Bradenton, Florida IMG Academy, which a lot of people hate. A lot of people uh, are, are going to hear that and be like, oh, Notre Dame has no shot. Well, let's wait on this one a little bit because he's not a traditional IMG kid, right? Where he's going to spend multiple years at IMG and he's a he's a Southern kid. And, and there's a lot of stereotypes that obviously go in there. He's from Arizona. And I, I, actually, Sean, and I'll bring up the film as we're talking about him. Notre Dame was doing their work on Raiden's vines, Raiden vines, bright, even before Mike Brown came aboard when Chancey Stuckey was still the wide receiver coach. The offense was the, um, the offensive staff was doing their homework on this young man. And I think that he would have been offered regardless of if Mike Brown would have been the wide receiver coach or not. He's a player that Notre Dame likes. Uh, now he's six foot one, 180 pounds, Sean. I think as we kind of watch this film a little bit, we're not going to watch the whole thing, but this is the type of kid that I think Notre Dame is going to be looking at. And we'll talk more about this as far as like what they're, what Mike Brown might be valuing, but he's a true outside kid, you know, a yeah. guy that could play Z to the field at times can maybe play the boundary, depending on how his body reconfigures itself and, and continues to, to, you know, develop properly moving forward. But Notre Dame has obviously made a little bit of an impact on this young man. They were able to see him at IMG Academy this week, Sean, because they've been down at IMG now for a couple days. Raiden's Vines Bright is one of the early names that we need to know. New on the board, 2025 wide receiver. And they got a lot of reasons to go to IMG games, right? To visit IMG this season, which normally hasn't been beneficial to Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman and his staff, they have the audacity, right? They, they're like, we're going to get into the fight. We don't care if it's normally an SEC feeder school. Notre Dame is here, and we're here to stay. And this kid, I will put him, because once we get through all of these wide receivers, I would be interested in asking, you know, certain nuances of who's the best route runner, who has the best release package. And I will put this young man as possibly having one of the most polished release packages to get off the line against bumper run coverage from what I've seen. Explosive. And one of the things I think that is linear that we'll talk about amongst all these guys is that, yo, he's great with the ball in his hands after the catch. You know, he's great. And you can use him boundary, field, slot, backfield, swing routes out the backfield, different type of formations. You can use him in a screen game. He's just a weapon. You know, a great chess piece that you can use not only to stretch the defense vertically, but to be able to stretch the defense horizontally as well and make them defend every blade of grass. So, yo, this yep. kid is absolutely fantastic. Love this film. Can't wait to see what he does taking a step up in competition because IMG pretty much goes around and plays every team that's at the top of each state. Like, they'll go yep. to this. Matter of fact, last year we're going to – another kid that's at IMG at the same position I'm sure we're going to get to. 
I watched his film. He was playing against Mark Zachary and Ben Davis last year, you know, on his film. So mm -hmm. that just showed, and Ben Davis, I believe, won the state championship in Indiana. So that just goes to show you, you know, the level of competition that he's going to have to raise his game against down at IMG. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because obviously Arizona is a expanding it's it's expanding quickly as far as the level of talent in the state of Arizona, but IMG, you're playing the best against the best. You're traveling everywhere. You're not just playing Florida teams. You're going up, like you said. Like I mean, last year, they went to Desmet, obviously Desmet in um in St. Louis and played against Christian Gray. Mm -hmm. You talked about Ben Davis and Mark Zachary this past year as well. I mean, they're going to go out to Cali. They're going to play schools in Georgia. They're gonna they're going to play a really tough schedule. And we'll talk about another IMG kid. Sean, I almost did a break. I almost did a breakdown of the just IMG wide receivers on the board, and let me know if my internet's mm -hmm. spotty because I feel like uh, is it a, a little, little spotty, bit. a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit. Okay, all right. Well, we're gonna stop watching film then, man. Everyone's everyone's a critic in the chat. Everyone's a critic. Fine, fine. We're not gonna watch film anymore then. Okay, take that, take that, posers. Anyway, moving on. You want? I can we're bring talk about the other wide receiver. What's that? No, no, it's fine. We got it. We, okay. we, we'll be okay. right. We, we can talk about it because we, we've already seen we've already seen the film. We'll just talk about what we like about the players, where the latest Absolutely. is. So basically, Notre Dame had visited IMG already to see several players, but Raiden Vines Bright is obviously included in that, Sean. And I know they're trying to get him off the campus. He's never been on campus at Notre Dame. I know there's some level of interest there. So we shall see if Notre Dame's able to make the arrangements to be able to get him up to South Bend, Indiana. Next guy, Sean, second wide receiver that's been that was offered by Mike Brown. Tanuk Hines, who's a wide receiver out of Houston, Texas, DeCaney. Mm -hmm. Six foot one, 190 pounds. Very strange. I, Sean, I, I would love your perspective on the film because he was a little strange to me to watch. Okay, and here's why. I watched him and I, I looked at his body and I was like, it looks a lot like Rico Flores to me body type wise. I'm like, it looks like Rico to me. And then I watch his game. So my, my immediate thought was he's going to be a Z receiver. That's the outside yeah. field position for people that don't, that don't, don't um, aren't like X's and O's guys. But then Sean, he plays like a boundary and I'm like, his best part of it is like, he's mossing dudes. He's winning through contact. He's breaking tackles after the catch. I'm like, mm -hmm. physicality is, even though he reports a 4-4-1 electronic 40-yard dash, and I do think he's pretty fast, but he is really kind of a contested catch dude and physicality mm. dude. It's it's a little bit odd, man. It's a little bit odd. So, I mean, I, I literally have a breakdown coming out where I talked about all the fits and everything, and I'm like, looks like a Z, plays like an X, just kind of like a weird profile to me to new kinds out of the state of Texas. You know what? You talk about this kid, you're spot on with the film breakdown of what you saw. I was shocked to see that he ran a 4-4-1 after watching his film. I'm like, oh, okay. And, you, and that's you, the thing. You you could have told me it was 4-5-5, and I would have been like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Sounds right. Good. Like, he, sounds he, doesn't, good. He, doesn't, he doesn't He doesn't utilize his speed in his game, which is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. So from a, a scouting standpoint, when you say that, he doesn't utilize his speed. Yep. That shows that, like, yo, there's a lot of untapped possibilities there. Even though he shows that he's a playmaker, like, if you can get him to actually play to his speed on yep. the football field, technique, knowledge of the game, coaching, 
Now we have somebody we're talking about that could possibly be a top 50, you know, prospect for the NFL draft just from a talent and size standpoint. Yeah. And, and like and like Jason brought up on in the chat, Sean, he says, so he's fast and physical. That's the issue, though, Jason, for me, is that, like, I think he's fast. I see it in spurts, but he doesn't really utilize it much, right? Like, he's much more like a – he's not a nuanced player in any regard. Like, he's a guy that's yeah. like, I'm going to get down the fields in a yeah. jump ball situation. I'm going to win those contested catches. I'm going to break a tackle or two occasionally. And I'm going to make plays that way. So he's an interesting player, but I wouldn't say Sean that he plays to four four one right now. I, I would say that he no. probably has the tools, but he's a kid that I think needs a little bit of, a little bit of nuance to his game, right? Like he he needs Mike Brown. If yeah. if to new kinds ended up with Notre Dame, and I I don't envision him being in the class as of now because he's never visited. I just haven't heard a ton of of momentum building on that side. I I just think there might be a couple of wide receivers that are higher on Notre Dame's board in general. But if Tanu Kynes did end up at Notre Dame, let's say hypothetically, then I, I could, I mean, he's a guy that would greatly benefit from a technical coach like a Mike Brown would be, if that makes sense. I uh, yes, so, I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. So we'll see, obviously, where things go with Tanuk if they're able to get him on campus, if they he's a guy that they push for. So, yeah, but as of right now, I, I think that he's just more a toolsy kid that's on the board that's worth just kind of keeping a closer eye on. One guy, Sean, that I would say Notre Dame is high on already, or Notre Dame is is making moves with already, is Wayne, New Jersey, DePaul Catholic wide receiver Elijah Burris. Of course, mm-hmm. son of Plexico. Everybody knows this story by, by now who visits this channel. Former New York Giant wide receiver Plexico Burris. His son, Elijah, who is a New Jersey guy, North Jersey player. He visited last weekend, Sean, for Junior Day. It was his first visit to campus. Literally a, a less than a week after getting offered, he made a decision that he wanted to go visit Notre Dame. So, so we have to. And so I am now looking. So how kind of coming out of this visit, you like where things are with Elijah Burris? I think that Notre Dame. He's a guy that Notre Dame may push for. I think Elijah Burris is pretty high on Notre Dame already. Now on film, Sean, I know you've seen it. I would love to hear your your kind of breakdown of it first. But like he's got a lot of tools to work with, man. There is there is something to work there. He's not incredibly productive right now, but I do think that there are tools to work with, obviously. And this is another one, right? Where I don't think the bias, I think the expectation was when you knew the connection, you expected 6'3, 6'4, 190, 200, right? And then you look at you see the measurables and you're like, oh man. You start watching the film, and look, immediately what you see is that the kid has suddenness to his game. Once he gets the ball in his hand, he's good after the catch. Yep. Even if production isn't there, but it makes sense that he would know how to run routes, being the son of Plaxico Burris. Like, yep. that's been ingrained in him. Like, yo, the technical aspect, like everything else will come. You'll get faster, you'll get stronger. But as long as you have this as the foundation, and he has that, he has that. You watch his game. I'm looking forward to seeing the production take a step forward. That's going to be the final box that needs to be checked for me. Like the circuit, what he does, how people look at him. Yeah, I'll be looking at that, the platforms and everything else. But the next step for me is the production and the senior film. Early on, I want to see the first four games. Okay, he's taking that next step. 
And I think they see Mike Brown, it, we'll get to it, but he, as a coach on the staff that I think he is very similar in the way he evaluates. And I'll be, man, I'm looking forward to hearing him talk and being questioned about, you know, the new offers, what he thinks about these kids, because, you know, it just begs to, or lends itself to a, a couple of questions I've already seen in the chat about mm -hmm. comparing him to his predecessors recruiting. That's going to be very interesting, but I love this kid. I really do. I love this kid. And it, this yeah. is the question we ask ourselves. You can always go after the top kids, right? That's easy. Everybody in the world knows who the top wide receivers in each class are. Yep. The kids that give you the floor of your positional room are vitally important. Because if you have a really good kid that's the floor of your positional room, more than likely you're going to have a pretty good positional room. Like, that's pretty good. If the worst you can do in that room ends up being Elijah Burris at some point, yep. you're probably in pretty good shape. Sean, I'm, I'm a little mixed on Elijah Burris because here's where I am with him. 6'1", 170. Again, he's mm -hmm. out of DePaul Catholic in the state of New, New Jersey. I think he's got pretty good speed. I think he's really quick and mm -hmm. has good hit, hit mobility. Excuse me. I think he's a really good route runner. All those things are great. Where's the production, man? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm waiting for. I, I really hope, and this could be the case, and I, I actually think I may be wrong here. I think that Notre Dame might be ahead of the curve on Elijah Burris, and I'm hoping they are because if he goes out, and this is possible, if he goes out and balls as a senior, then he's going to be one of the big risers in the 2025 wide receiver class nationally. Like Just forget about mm -hmm. Notre Dame, for instance, because he has every physical trait that you look at and say, that's what I want a wide receiver, right? Mm -hmm. He's flexible. He's a good route runner. He shows ability to get in and out of breaks. He's got good overall speed. Everything there is, is interesting. I'm just looking at it, Sean, and I'm just like, he does this, 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 and this well. Why did he only have 400-something yards last year receiving? I'm just like, that doesn't really, doesn't really make sense to me. I, yeah. I don't know. So I know he plays in a good league up north, plays against the Bergen Catholics and, and those schools. I, I get it. But I just want to see him have a breakout senior year. And if he does, then I'll be fully on board with Elijah Burris. And yeah. I think Notre Dame is going to push hard for Elijah Burris. So he's definitely on the board. There's no doubt. And we'll see if he's able to take the next step. It's funny see. because people in the chat are like, I'm tired of the diamonds in the rough. That's funny. Will Fuller was one. Yeah, he was a diamond. He was, a three, he was a three star out of um, Roman Catholic in PA. Yep. Chase Claypool was a diamond in the rough. Like, dude, we have this thought that recruiting is like, let's go get, dude, Devontae Smith was a diamond in the rough for Alabama. Alabama he's, he's, he's like their third or fourth ranked receiver in his class. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like, dude, that's how you put a wide receiver room together. You don't put yep. teams together just going and, after all the top guys. That's just that's not how they that's not how positional rooms work. That's not how well, football teams work. Well, well, and Sean, we'll get to the rest of this list, but Notre Dame offered a couple kids that are top 50 recruits nationally. Yeah. You know, like As they, they put, they're putting they're putting together a board. They're, it's not just a bunch of Elijah Burris, where you're trying to bet on the the curve. I mean, like we'll we'll talk about Michael Terry the third out of te Texas, who's like 
that dude's a bona fide stud. Like he's a top fifty something recruit by multiple platforms. Like that dude is legit, legit. So Notre mm-hmm. Dame's not just offering diamonds in the rough. They, it's a balance act, right? Like you're putting together a board. You can't just that. That's like me in the NFL draft space saying like I'm about to have a draft, right, Sean? And the only guys I have on my board are first round picks. Like no, that's not how that works. You're not going to be able to no. get all those guys. Like you have to no. you have to create a board that makes that makes that next step. So because yeah. Fifth round, picks, fifth round picks turn into all pros. Sixth round, we see it every year. There's value there. That's why you have scouts. That's why you have to have scouts and relationships. Ryan Roberts and what he does, guys, not just talking about Notre Dame, but what he does on a daily basis, he has value. He's right. Guys like him are the ones that are suggesting players to yeah. pro scouts that don't have time to get to see every kid. Elijah Burris, and I'm not saying this is the case, Elijah Burris could have very well been a suggestion to somebody on the Notre Dame staff. Could have been. And then all of a sudden they're like, yo, we found this, we found this kid. We love him. He comes from great stock, NFL DNA. Let's get on this kid. Because we he could be a diamond in the rough. That's the way college, that's why you have to have analysts, staffing that's bigger than just the football staff and the coaches, because those are the guys that are connected to guys like you, Ryan, other guys that are in the business, that know these kids from smaller places and smaller schools that get exposed to bigger programs. Like it's, dude, I'll give you a great story. Jimmy Butler was Mm -hmm. right up in Marquette, right? He was drafted by the Bulls and Gar Foreman, but it came from an area Dude, it came from one of his buddies that he knew 20 years ago that suggested to him, hey, I've attended a couple of Marquette practices. This Jimmy Butler kid, you you need to really start looking at him. And the Bulls made a couple of trips. They looked at him, and they ended up drafting him. He came off the bench behind Luol Deng and eventually became a star. And he was a suggestion. He was a suggestion by a guy that does work like Ryan Roberts on the basketball side, you know, but Gar Foreman will get all the credit. Oh, that was a great kick. Like, dude, if you didn't get the suggestion, you would have never known about the kid. And this is, you know, what scouting, what recruiting is all about, right? I believe Notre Dame just added to their analyst staff. You know, that, that's great. Mike Denbrock coming that added to the recruiting board. Like you said, Ryan, they're putting together a board. Mike Denbrock added to the recruiting board. Mike Brown added to that recruiting board. There are a lot of different factors that are going to bring in a lot of different looks and a lot of different kids that might not be your prototypical top 50, top 100, five-star, high four-star wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But like we just talked about at the beginning of the show, there's talent everywhere. (laughs) There's There's great talent everywhere. And you just can't look under the same rock that everybody else is looking under. Yeah, we all know the kids that Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, they're going to be on the same kids. But thinking not strange, Notre Dame fancy, this is the key. You know what cued me in to the fact it's not just Elijah Burris. It's been a lot of kids that Notre Dame has offered. Notre Dame offers, and then here comes another – here comes Michigan. Two yeah. days later, it I, comes Oregon a week later. 
Sean, can I just say to the chat, and we're not going to spend too much, but like NC Notre Dame fan, Notre Dame has already been out to see a, a Jadon Blair since the since the since the um, opening happened, since we entered the open period. Like they've been out to see Jadon Blair, acting like they're just out seeing three stars and nobodies is it's pretty pretty short sighted. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, that's not happening. The wide receiver board right now is not just three stars and below or whatever. Like they're pushing hard for Taylor Taylor. They're pushing hard for Derek Meadows. Both those kids are considered top 50 players by at least one scouting service. They just offered Michael Terry III, who is a legitimate top 50 stud out of the state of Texas. Yes, you're going to fulfill the board with all different types of players. That doesn't mean that you're going to end up with a class that that is, I don't know. I I just, yeah, it's just, I just think it's a little short-sighted. That's not how recruiting works. It's not how boards work work right that's, that's not that's why we have the expertise of ryan roberts who floats back and forth that can pretty much tell you the similarities between nfl teams preparing for a draft and college teams preparing for recruiting you have boards that you have to put together you have to yeah. build a plan for contingencies right you have to understand yeah. where you sit and recruiting is a little bit different because you have to be honest and evaluate where you sit with a kid at a certain point in recruiting yep. to say, okay, we need to go add somebody else to the board just in case this doesn't happen. Well, it's the same thing in the NFL, right? If another king, we want this kid in the third round. That's what we have in value. If another team jumps in front of us, then this is the next kid yep. that we need at this position. So, you know, we wish it would be perfect and you could just line up Notre Dame to get their pick of the top 10 wide receivers and take the four that they want every year. Yeah. I mean, but also, Sean, like there's a bus factor on like the top guys. We act, we're, I mean, it's just it's I'm not saying NC Notre Dame fan is saying this. I, I'm really not. I'm just saying like some people's perspective on it is like, oh, just t- top 10 on the 247 rankings. Like six of them are going to bust, man. <laughs> like It's just yeah. going to happen. Like we're it's just not it's just not how the world works i mean fit matters so much and and Mm -hmm. you know the yeah so anyway yeah that's elijah burris let's now go to the next one this might be my favorite offer at wide receiver of the eight sean this might be it lex cyrus wide receiver harrisburg pa susquehanna township 510 170 pounds so he's a smaller guy a little bit of a diminutive type of player Mm-hmm. Sean, <laughs> I wish I could bring up the film. I have a film breakdown of all the wide receivers coming out, guys. By the way, at irishbreakdown.com, mm-hmm. you should go check out that when it's out. It should be out sometime today. Sean, this kid, 10 4 500 meter runner, top 100 player by multiple platforms. He's being courted by some of the best colleges and all of uh, best programs in college football right now. This kid is fast, quick explosive he's lightning in a bottle my friend i'm a big fan of lex cyrus you want to talk about film that pops from the first play lex cyrus man it's like yo if i i would definitely take him and burris in the class like you take once again we're talking about putting I, together I, would, I, would, I would take lex cyrus right now if you right want to come and be like yes yes please absolutely and that's what we're talking about, putting together a class, right? Because why? The mm-hmm. top kids at wide receiver 
and I think you would agree with this, Ryan. Yep. The time it takes to get top kids based upon certain positions, your quarterbacks are going to commit earlier than most. It's very rare that a top quarterback is taking it up until like November, December. Very yep. rare. Quarterbacks want to be the head of a recruiting class. They want to commit early. And most of your top quarterbacks will be locked into a program. Even if they decommit and change, they jump early. Wide receivers come off the board fairly late, the top ones. So mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you want to say they're prima donnas, whatever. It is mm -hmm. what it is. The wide receiver yep. position is one of those positions where, yo, it's going to go down to the wire. Like, they're not going to commit early. So when you can get a kid like Alex Cyrus, you can jump on him early. You can get him to commit and like I said, if you're going after the top kids and this is the kid that you get in the class that's not one of the top kids, oh, man, yep. your, your position room is you're, you're going to be pretty good. You're, pre you're going to be in pretty good shape. I, I hope that Notre Dame is able to get him to campus, Sean. I, I don't know if he's a realistic option for Notre Dame. I, I, I genuinely don't know yet. We'll see what the level of interest in if they're able to get him there this, this winter or spring. Mm -hmm. But, man, that kid's good. You need mm -hmm. more of that. Because, Sean, he, he fulfills two areas that Notre Dame needs more of. One, that quick twitch after catch stuff, which you always need more of that in today's game. Mm -hmm. And he can fly, man. I, I, I wrote in my report, Sean, the size is going to make him more of a slot option on the next level. He's not going to be able to play outside all the time. But I am putting him at times outside at times because that speed, that speed, sir. I'm not trying to put that in, in tight quarters all the time. I want to let him open up and run, man. That kid. That kid's special. So we'll see if Notre Dame's able to make any headway with him, guys. I know that he said a lot of good things about Notre Dame when they offered, but we'll have to see. Can they get him to campus? Can it the fit make sense? Are you able to move the needle with him? At he's a really good player. We'll have to have next uh, guy. Yeah. Have Ricky Waters people reach out to the home people in Harrisburg and yeah, man. Yeah, speed man. up that process and get him on campus. Yeah, he's. I want to, and someone's saying play the clips because my internet's fine. The problem is, is that when I stream the clips, it makes my internet go wonky because now I'm running two different tabs. I think that's kind of mm -hmm. where the, where the, it's the uh, annoyance comes from. So my apologies, guys, truly. Let's go to Nasir Newkirk, Sean, who I know mm -hmm. you can run a go route from the Z, Jim. The go route is the outside field position. You can run a go route there. You can run a post route there too. It's harder to consistently win vertically one-on-one, -on -one, though, from the slot, if that makes sense. Because there's linebackers, there's third level with the safeties, there's going to be nickels. There's You kind of get bracketed a lot more inside. Outside is a lot more easy to get one-on-one -on -one coverage working vertically, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Nasir Newkirk, Sean. Greensboro, North Carolina, Dudley. I know we have talked about him just in a text chain. I don't know if we talked about him on a show yet. I don't think so because I think he was just all he was offered this week, right? So this yeah, week, yeah, yeah. So we haven't talked about him yet. Nasir Newkirk, though, Sean, 6'2", 185, also a really, really good basketball player for Dudley, which I know you love. I know you love. <laughs> Literally, he has in his bio on Twitter. I think it's like Nas Newkirk or something. I forget what his Twitter handle is. X handle, whatever. But he has a football link and he has a basketball link and mm -hmm. he's pretty, he's pretty dang. good. Yeah. And he's also, I think he runs track as well, and he's a pretty good sprinter as well. So I would say, Sean, he he is a very springy athlete, is the best way to put it, I would say. I agree with that. 
I agree with that. And there is um, flexibility mm -hmm. from an attribute standpoint in these players that have been offered recently by Notre Dame. But there are also familiar traits amongst them all, in my opinion. And, you know, like you said, this kid, I love two-sport athletes. I just do. I think it helps with agility. I think it helps with uh, footwork. I think it activates certain twitch muscles, you know, that gives a greater advantage. So I love this kid. I, I, look, I think Shrewsbury might get jealous if he actually clicks on to his uh, basketball. <laughs> like, yo, Freeman, uh, yeah, if you get this kid, can we talk about him about possibly playing both sports? But, yo, athletes, right? Well, having me football players. We, that's something yep. we've been talking about. Like, yo, Notre Dame needs to just get more football players, dudes that just play the game, love the game. You can use them everywhere. I think some of the offers have kind of gone in that direction, in my opinion. Yeah. Good film. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have athletes, it's very important, the people that edit their film. I just want you to understand that. Because whoever edited Lex Cyrus's film did a fantastic job of picking the right plays yep. and building you up. Yes. <laughs> Starting you off on a high and then building you up and finishing yep. strong. That's how you put together a great piece of film for high school yes. players. And uh, Lex Cyrus, is, whoever did his, was top-notch. But like you said, Newkirk kid, man. I watched both films. Very impressed. But this once again, Ryan, if these are the kids that are opposite of the top kids, there's yeah. really nothing to be mad about. That is it isn't Newkirk's profile so weird, Sean? He's rated as a three-star, mm -hmm. but he's incredibly productive at Dudley. He's had 34 touchdowns in his career so far. He had 50-something receptions for over 1,100 yards and 16 touchdowns last year. And by the way, He's got a Georgia offer as well, Sean. So it's like he has a pretty good offer list. He's Indeed. productive, but he's yeah. not he's not rated that high on whatever recruiting service that you frequent, which is just kind of an odd profile. And, and what is what does that mean? This is, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm, a, I'm about to yeah. throw you a nice alley. Okay. I, I don't know. My nickname is Podcast PG. Podcast PG. Okay. Yeah, I throw the best. I throw the best alley oops to the anybody I'm talking to. I'm like, I set you up. Here's a okay. setup for you, Double R. Got it. You're the point guard. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. What do we see consistently from Georgia? An ability to evaluate, recruit, and coach mm -hmm. profiles like Nas Newkirk at wide yep. receiver. Yep. Every year they come up with somebody that's able to be impactful in their offense, in their profile. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's similar to when we see a school like Iowa recruit an offensive line. Mm -hmm. Immediately you say to yourself, okay, this kid must be, he might be a three-star, but if I was on him at offensive line, it must be something here. Yep. So for that profile with Newkirk, when you see Georgia get on a kid like that, at that profile, and what they do with those type of receivers, it kind of leads you to believe like, okay, that's something there because the production is there. And that's what we're waiting to see from a kid like Elijah Burris. There it yes. is. Go ahead and dunk it. Sean, it didn't take me like long to like this, this here new Kirk, man. It didn't take me long. It just didn't. 
He's because he he checks every box, right? Mm-hmm. He has six two one eighty five. He's long. He's also interested in visiting Notre Dame. He's already talked about trying to set up a visit there. Basketball background is a big plus. Georgia likes him. That's a big plus. Over eleven hundred yards last year. Basketball player, like he he's a very interesting player overall, and he's a high academic kid, man. There's no way, there's no way, Sean, that a big time basketball and football player who's getting recruited by Georgia could be a good student. It's impossible. That that can't happen. That can't happen. But hey, it can. Really good body control. Really good ability to. I I would say this too, Sean. I don't know if you agree with this because a lot of what he is right now is working down the field, being mm-hmm. a vertical type of dude. But I think he's pretty loose, man. Like, I think he could be a route runner, too. I think he could be a Z. I think he could be an X if his body develops. Like, it's possible, man. He's got he's got a lot of a lot of twitch to him, which I really like. Speaking of twitch, Sean, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear your perspective on this young man. All right. Ironton, Ohio High School wide receiver, Sean Terry, who visited mm-hmm. Notre Dame this past weekend and got offered. Now, this is the smallest player that we're going to talk about today. Listed 5'9", 170, Sean, which tells me. But that's another conversation for another day. He's probably C.J. Sanders. That's probably what he is. C.J. I think was like 5'8", and some change hey, or whatever. C.J. was a heck of a returner. Hey. He was, though, man. Heck of a and this kid, this kid is the word fun, right? He's a, he's a fun, fun, fun football player. Because if you watch Ironton, Sean, which... Apparently it's a really good program. I know it's a low level of lower level of football in the state of Ohio. It's not like great football competition wise, but this kid screen game wide receiver runs the football a ton returns punts returns kicks dyna. I mean, he averaged like over 30 yards per punt return this last, this past year. He also plays corner on the team and is pretty dang good defensive back as well for Ironton, man. I don't think that he has great long speed overall, in my opinion, but for a offense that is potentially looking for a little bit more after catch and creativity and space and great field position, uh, field vision, excuse me. Sean Terry certainly brings that man. He is a jitterbug. He is, he's exciting when he gets into space. I think one thing as many or amongst Every piece of film we watch on these new offers is that you go into it with a question mark, right? Well, we're yep. just like everybody else. Like, okay, really haven't heard about this kid. Let me look at his offer. Like, oh, I didn't know okay. anything about this kid. I didn't know anything no. about this kid. Yep. Right. And Ironton, dude, shout out to Ironton High School. Because usually we wait for the kids to post their pictures from the visit. Ironton High School. They're ready, like, man. man. They don't get a lot of they don't get a lot of Notre Dame kids potentially. Yeah, yeah, they were ready. They were ready. And so, yo, they've been on social media just pushing the photos from the Notre Dame weekend. We appreciate you guys, but once again, just impressive film. And if you get caught up in the measurables and you forget that we really are, except from seeing a production from Elijah Burris, the one yep. thing we can say about everybody is that yo, these kids are playmakers. That's yeah. what we're seeing. We're seeing playmakers. And so and now in a – go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you finish. You finish. No, in evaluation, you know, something we'll dig deep into is like, okay, are we starting to elevate production and playmaking? And what does that entail or what does that detail about 
coaching or integration into the offense or where the offense might go. It's going to be a very interesting conversation as we get into that. But that's something that we all, you know, as we watch film, myself, you, and we discuss things. And then we talk to Brian separately about things at times. We'll differ on kids. I might be higher than, on a certain kid than you are and vice versa. And, but we all agree, like, I wouldn't be mad. Yep. And Sean Terry falls right to that category. Like, yeah, Ironton, haven't heard about the school, didn't really hear about the kid. Okay, he's a three-star, but mm-hmm. the kid's a playmaker. Yeah, I see the measurables. I understand. We would love to have kids like the Cam Williams profile, Taylor Taylor profile, but this dude can play. And right. isn't that what it's about? Like, didn't we just yeah. see a, a kid come from lacrosse and prove Hey, he could play. Yeah, I know he I know he wasn't on scholarship. I know he's a cross player, but mm-hmm. we gotta get this kid on the field. Why? Because he can play. Like it right. doesn't matter that he's diminutive. He yep. can play. Yep. And yo, I love seeing that. I'm all for productive players that can play the game of football. All for it. And and there's gonna be some people that are, you know, the level of competition thing, right? As far as like mm-hmm. Ironson not playing the best competition, that's obviously a big step forward to Notre Dame. But here's his offer list, Sean, and this is what you want to see. I'm not worried about recruiting rankings as much. Recruiting rankings yeah. are nice, like if it verifies stuff, but offer list matters more. So Notre Dame, Auburn, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan, Michigan State, Missouri, Penn State, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, USC, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and Wisconsin are the power five schools that have offered Sean Terry. So he's being recruited by a lot of good schools right now so give me give me the two schools that are recruiting him that make at that position and make you say and even if you want to go down to the profile that make you say ding 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 yeah might be something here i would say i would say for me the main one actually the two usc and penn state would be the two for Mm -hmm. me because penn state typically i know they did down your wide receiver this year Mm mm-hmm Wait, is someone in chat saying Jordan Faison's not fast? Okay, anyway. Um, sorry. <laughs> My apologies. I, I got distracted there for a second. So Penn State, though, Sean, has had a long string of recently of some very good wide receiver play, right? Mm-hmm. From Chris Godwin to Jahan Dotson. Like, there's been some dudes at wide receiver at Penn State in recent years. Lots. And I know I miss it. Oh, the um, what was the uh Washington? What's his first name? That that's playing with Jacksonville Jaguars now. Parker Washington. He's a good, he was a really good player as well. Mm-hmm. Penn State has traditionally been pretty well because not all those guys were high recruits. I don't I don't think Jahan Dotson was a high recruit at all. I'm pretty sure he was a three-star kid. But right. regardless, Penn State found him. Pittsburgh's done actually done a decent job at evaluating wide receivers for the most part, but that's another conversation. USC, though, is a big one, though, Sean. Look, USC is not a great de- – I mean, Lincoln Riley in general is not a great developer of defense and – you know, the offensive line, for instance, right? At mm-hmm. least he hasn't in his career so far without Bill Bedenbaugh by his side on the offensive line. But what does Lincoln Riley do? Finds quarterbacks, transfer yeah. portal usually, mm-hmm. and he finds pass catchers. Like, he yes. usually attracts those guys. So yeah. the fact that USC and Penn State are a couple of the schools that are on him, it's a good sign. It's yeah. a good yeah, Having Josh Heifel after him. Tennessee, too. Yeah, that's, well. a, that's a good one. Yep, that's yeah. a good one. I would say even though it's a, a little bit of a slightly downgrade from the competition level, but even like, like I said, Pittsburgh, man, Pittsburgh found Tyler Boyd. P- 
Pittsburgh yeah. found um they, they found uh what's what's his name? Uh Jordan Addison. Like Jordan they Addison. found some pretty good wide receivers, man. So yeah, yeah. He um yeah. So I, I think that he is a very interesting football player. I don't know if Notre Dame's gonna push for him, but like he got offered, came for junior day and seemed to love it. So we'll see what happens between the two as we move forward here. Who in your yep. question, Brian, isn't he just yep. setting you up? Who's who's the best playmaker in the Sumbo? Offensively, oh, Jordan Faison, yeah. Oh, who, who was the best playmaker at wide receiver over the course of the season offensively? As far as big plays down, down the stretch, it was Jordan Faison. I mean, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, hey, I, you know, Tim Brown yeah, wasn't I, the fastest, man. Tim Brown wasn't running away from anybody, but he made plays. Jerry Rice ran a four six at the combine, but he made plays. I'm just saying. You know, being a playmaker was all about speed. I mean, yeah, there's some guys that wouldn't be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, uh, well, speaking of speed, though, Sean, we're gonna talk about speed. We'll talk about that with the next guy. We got two more guys to get through, folks, and then we're gonna have a nice little conversation about what this means for Notre Dame. Michael Terry the third, San Antonio, Texas, Alamo Heights, Sean. So here's here's you want to see your scouting bias? This is the scouting bias. Mm-hmm. When you see players or you see a profile first. Sometimes you get assumptions in your minds, right? What my assumption would be 6'3, 210. Mm-hmm. He's probably a big physical dude that wins down the field with length and physicality. Cool. But then you put on the film. My boy Michael Terry can run. Like <laughs> he can run, Sean. And it's funny on the message board, someone was asking and, and was like, is he fast? Like I can't tell. Like he 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 doesn't look like he's running that fast because He's a long strider, but yeah. he runs past people, Sean. He gets runs away from people. This kid is legitimately explosive, long speed at six foot three, 210 pounds. This kid could play safety. He could play rover. He mm-hmm. could dang play wide receiver. There's no doubt this kid's an absolute stud. Michael Terry, the third out of Texas. Any and everything that you need offensively on the football field, this young man can do it. He can play wildcat. He can throw from the wildcat. He literally has passing stats. <laughs> offense. He has rushing stats. He has receiving stats. Hey, he probably has special. He's probably punting. Dude might be place kicking. I mean, the kid is an all-around athlete. The film is amazing because it looks like they slowed down the shutter speed on the video. But yet still, he's still blowing past guys. It's almost like he looks fast, but is he fast? It is absolutely amazing to watch his film, right? And then this is the kicker. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be mad if he was a defensive back. No, no. If if he he gave the Notre Dame and played safety, I'd be like, cool. Oh, cool. 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 We're good. Absolutely. I'll take that. You're darn right. I'll take it. That's the type of athlete this kid is. And everybody wants him. So we're finally talking about somebody that's like top 50, right? Top 100 that everybody wants because everybody has been waiting for us to talk about Notre Dame recruiting somebody that's like the second best athlete in the nation and ranked 62nd nationally. Well, here he is, Michael Terry III. He... He's... Yeah, he's a really good player, man. And Notre Dame also, Sean, has... 
They've had increased impact in the state of Texas over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. I mean, we talked about what they did in 2023, obviously, with Micah Bell and that group, right? But then you talk about in 2024, you're still able to go down and get a Kedron Young and, you know, you still have your Leonard Moore and you're still able to impact Texas. So is it going to be a tough pull? Probably. But it's a pull you try to make because that kid, again, he was mm-hmm. offered by – so far, he's been offered by Oregon, Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, Notre Dame, Duke, Georgia Tech, Missouri. I'm just reading the, the Power 5 schools, by the way. Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Purdue, TCU, Texas Tech. A lot a lot of great schools have um, have offered this young man because he's special. So, yeah. I mean, like you said, yeah. if Chris O'Leary wants him, cool. Cool. Mike Brown wants him, cool. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's he's really good. Heck, I wouldn't be mad if Dylan McCullough won him. I mean, go watch his film. He lines up in the backfield, right? As a running back, right. there was like, probably a there was probably a time where he'd be like, "Is that kid Eric Dickerson?" Like, who knows? Like, I mean, he might be. Who knows? Right? Because he had a, I think it was 110 rushes this past year for right around a thousand yards, a little yes. shy of a thousand yards. Had another like five five hundred something receiving yards. There was like twenty something yards to catch. He had 30-something touchdowns this past year, Sean, and also played safety. So, he, uh, yeah, Michael Taylor's pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah. Notre Dame needs to try to get him on campus because he's a high academic kid, which helps Notre Dame, obviously. Notre Dame has made him more of an impact in Texas. That helps Notre Dame. But you have to get him on campus to have a legitimate yeah. chance there. Last guy, Sean, someone that you probably are a little bit familiar with, I, I would assume, but Donovan Olegbode. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name. Uh, Luke, he's no, you a, have to go to his Instagram. On his Instagram page, he actually has a video where he announces his name. And that's where I got it from. So it's Donovan Alubadin. It's all about the tempo. It's all about the tempo. As long as you get the tempo right, Alubadin. There you go. Donovan Alubadin. So he is out of IMG Academy of Braves in Florida. But, Sean, he's not originally from Florida. He's an Illinois kid. He's an Illinois kid. He yeah. transferred to Al, uh, IMG before his junior year, but mm-hmm. I'm told that he spends a whole lot of time still in Illinois. Any chance that they're off or they they can get back home, he goes back up to Illinois. So this is an Illinois kid originally, a top 100 player by multiple platforms, just got an Ohio State offer here recently as well on top of the mm-hmm. Notre Dame offer. Yeah. Sean, this kid is like, he's incredibly well-rounded in my opinion. I watched him. I'm like, okay, you're 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds. You have really good body control. You have good hands. You have solid to good speed. You're pretty quick. Like, he just kind of checks a lot of boxes for me, man. I I made a claim, and I want to hear if you agree with this or not. He might be the most, the highest floor wide receiver that Notre Dame has offered over the last couple days. Like, I I just think that he, at worst, is just going to be a good wide receiver on the college level. I think there's a couple kids here, the Michael Terrys, right, that their upside is higher. But Donovan, I'll I'll say one more time for me. I'll look at it. I'll look at it. O-L-U-G-B-O-D-E. I'll look at it. That, that tempo, as long as, yes, yes, as long as you stay with that tempo, it's easier. Once you get outside of the tempo, it, it can Donovan, mess Donovan I believe, mm-hmm. might have the highest floor of any wide receiver we've talked about today because he just has a very good overall athletic profile, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
I absolutely agree. It's it's um once again, your film matters, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a son that's putting together film, film matters. Second play of this guy's film and the third clip are the same play. One from behind the quarterback and one from the regular view. It's a one-handed catch where he literally has to twist his body in the middle of the air. So you see the body control, you see the big hands, and you see the ability to catch it and snag it with one hand and bring it down on a corner route. And it's like, yo, that's that gives you so much just in that one clip of the ability of this kid. He loved, they use him a lot in the slot. He's very productive. At a program like IMG, you'll see long touchdowns against top talent like Ben Davis in the secondary where Mark Zachary played last year. So you're seeing him go against top talent and come up with big plays. He's not a fast kid, but somehow, some way, not being a fast kid, he's a playmaker. Who knew? You can be a playmaker without being fast. I think that's why everybody in the chat is kind of going against what was said. So his floor is probably the highest floor. I agree. Are there players that they're looking at that they've given offers that have a higher ceiling? Yes. But once again, outside of Elijah Burris, what have we seen? Production. Production. And that seems to be at the top of the list, right? So I'm very interested in seeing. Um, it just seems like regardless of measurables, production matters. Production matters. Right. So if you were taking a swing at a diamond in the rough, per se, as people say. Yeah. Yep. But. And I think that would be what Elijah Burris, right? Diamond in the rough, yep. kind of diamond in the rough minus the production. OK, that's a swing that you might take, but that's something that you might have to watch. And it bears watching. Maybe you bring them back out for the summer junior day. Or you get him back out there and you get a chance to watch him run around and make plays and you know play with other kids mm -hmm. but then on top of that you know what do you do as far as the other kids in the class where you're looking at them and you have the production so that to right. me that's yo because i like a lot of other these kids but it's only so many you can take like i really wish we could take all eight <laughs> take four and then store the other four and redshirt them and then yeah. bring them oh, up. Oh. Well, well, Mike, Michael, Mike, Michael, you just bring Michael Terry in as a safety man. Like you can, you can just, you can make that happen. You can make it happen. I, what, what's his name? Sean Terry could play nickel. Like storm at nickel, mm -hmm. you know, like you'll be mm -hmm. good. You'll be good. You can find spots for him. Right. I mean, obviously joking aside there, but yeah, I mean, you, it's a very talented board and that's not even including obviously you are still pushing for Taylor Taylor, right? You are still pushing for Absolutely. Derek Meadows. You are still pushing, Absolutely. you know, you're at least talking to still to Dalen McCutcheon. I mean, those things are, those things are still happening. So this eight man board that we're talking about today is merely an addition. It's an extension it. of wide receiver recruiting. Mm -hmm. So Sean, let's talk about this. Would you like to be that uh, offensive coordinator with Raven Vines bright coming in and uh, Donovan Aluba day already down there? I would. I would, I would, I wouldn't mind it. It, it would be a good, it would be a good situation that we're in. It would be a good situation we're in. But let, let's talk about now eight man class. Mm -hmm. Michael Terry, Sean Terry, David Aglubale. I, I pronounced that incredibly wrong. I think it's fine though. We're all right. We're doing okay. You had 
I'm, I'm, man, so many that I'm just, I need to recount myself. To New Kinds, Raiden Vines Bright, mm-hmm. Elijah Burris. I think I, did I just hit them all? I hit them all. Lex Cyrus is the last one. So, oh, and Nasir Newkirk. Excuse me. So after we have broken down those eight players, Sean, my question for you is, is there any thing that we can say about Mike Brown in terms of what he is valuing to this board and what he's trying to bring more of to Notre Dame? Can we make any of those distinctions based upon some of these recent moves? Production? Yep. Playmaking after the catch? Whether it's physical play and breaking tackles or whether it's just being quick in space and making people miss. It is very evident that run after the catch is very important. And I don't think he's stuck. This is what I mean. And I think this is one of the things that makes Mike Mickens great. Mike Mickens looks for certain traits that he feels like his guys must have. Yeah. And then he takes the responsibility as the coach that it's my job to improve upon that. Mike Mickens sees what is the must-have. Whatever the must-haves are for him, he sees it, he identifies it, and then he takes responsibility. What a novel idea as a coach to teach, develop, and get them to be the best players they can be. Yep. That's it. Yep. And Mike Brown obviously has his must-haves. Production, run after catch, and a lot of these guys it's not a lot of body catchers. Yep. When you watch this film as well, that's right. on the that's on the smaller side of like things that I saw, but most of these guys are great catching the ball with their hands, great hands. But yep. that's what jumped out to me. Now, does that mean? Because this is nuanced, you know. Because when mm-hmm. you come in and you see this many offers, is that Mike Brown saying this is something we do not have? Right. In depth that we need to have. Like I had to ask myself, like, not the guys coming in, but the guys that were returning. Who was great after the catch? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, my biggest thing, Sean. That was my biggest thing. And and, and I, I love that you hit on that right there because what's the thing that like because all these players are different, right? Sean mm-hmm. Terry's 5'9, Buck 70. Michael Terry's 6'3, 210. This year, Newkirk 6'2, 185. We mm-hmm. got a couple 6'1, 170 guys in there. Like, they're all different body types and different styles and different positions as well. We talked about some X's, talked about some Z's, talked about some slots. Talked about a Michael Terry who could probably play both outside spots. This year, Newkirk who might be able to play both outside spots. I mean, a lot of different types, right? Mm-hmm. But what's one thing that most of them have in common? It's their ability to create some stuff after the ball's in their hand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, every one of them, for the most part, every one of them can do that. I mean, Lex Cyrus is an after-catch dynamo. Sean Terry mm-hmm. does a lot of great things after the catch. Michael Terry, despite being 6'3", 210, and you wouldn't think that that would be a strength, he mm-hmm. does that, man. He creates some stuff after the catch. Nasir Newkirk, you see a bunch of the plays after the catch that really kind of pop to you. I think that board, for the most part, the only player that I would say like, I don't think Donovan Alugvale is mm-hmm. a great after-catch guy. I don't know if I would say – like, Raiden's fine is bright. Okay, he breaks a lot of tackles. He does break if a lot you of watch, tackles. he breaks – it's very hard for the first defender to bring Alugvale down when yep. you watch this film. So, he might not be great after the catch 
with speed and quickness. Yep. But yo, he's going to get you extra yards with physicality and breaking tackles. You know, yep. so on top of production. So even even to new kinds, Sean, even to new kinds, yeah. he he's not he's not the same type of after catch guy as Sean Terry because Sean Terry is more you know jitterbug, great eyes, in, in space, like that type of thing. To new kinds breaks tackles though, and that's translatable to at the next level. I think he's going to create some stuff after catch as well. Yeah, yeah. So look, that's what stood out to me, and it, yeah, for me, I love that. I love that because that signals to me that Mike Brown loves. Dude, you have coaches that can coach that are good coaches. And then you have coaches that love what they do. It's just like teachers, man. Like, right, you can point to a teacher you had that you could tell. They loved what they did. And I was that school, teacher. I was that, that teacher, Sean. I'm just well, kidding. there you go. You probably <laughs> were. But everyone probably has one or two teachers that they can point back to to say, yo, I had good teachers throughout you know, elementary school, throughout high school, junior high school, but these one or two teachers stood out right. because of these reasons. And he just strikes me as one of those guys at the position that just stands out, along with Mike Mickens and some other people on the staff. It's like, yo, you can tell they loved it. They loved the evaluation. They loved going and finding the guys that no one else wants to put up as a four-star, five-star and say, I'm going to show you how good this kid right. is. You don't think he's right. good? Watch this. That is like something that I think we see in Mike Mickens. That I think we're waiting for the manifestation of it on the field, but there are some remnants there from an evaluation standpoint with Mike Brown that we see in these new offers. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see the profiles, the different profiles we're going to start to see recruiting-wise from Notre Dame. And I would say this, Sean, after catch is definitely something that has in common. I would also say for the most part and different variations of it, but this group that was added, a lot of speed, a lot of speed there, right? Just mm-hmm. v- pure vertical speed. I mean, football I would say, speed. yeah, football speed, no doubt. Football Cause speed. I would look, I would look at it and say, Michael Terry can run, right? Sean Terry. I, I don't think he had quite as a gear. But Nasir Newkirk can run. He can win down the field. Lex Cyrus can run. Elijah mm-hmm. Burris can run pretty well. I think that he has a little bit of speed to him. And Raiden Vines Bright, I think, is a pretty like, good speed. You know, not great yeah. speed, but good speed. There's a lot of speed in the in that equation too for Notre Dame of the new offers. And uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 interested to see what the wide receiver class looks like ultimately. Because the the crazy part is that these wide receivers. A lot yeah. of different shapes and sizes, a whole lot of different play styles. There's a lot of different, I think, final results that we could see in this wide receiver group in 2025 because there's a lot of different styles to work with. Let me ask you a question. This is just great. Man, I love this conversation about wide receivers today. Yep. Is it safe to say two of the most explosive passing offenses were Washington and Texas? Yeah. Yep. Totally different wide receiver profile. Look at yep. the wide receivers at Washington. Look at the wide receivers at Texas. You can tell what Kalen DeBoer likes. You can tell what Sark likes for his offense. Yep. Totally different profiles. Sure. Right? But yep. based upon what we heard people say today, no one would ever think the profile of the Washington receivers would be playmaker. Romo Duze is not a burner. He's not a burner. He's good yep. speed for his size. Yep. He's not a burner. Polk is yep. not a burner. Like, dude, they don't just have burners, but they have yep. – 
big physical receivers that are really good after the catch, that are really good in the screen game. They make you defend every blade of grass horizontally and vertically. And he recruits to what he likes to do. Right? So we get caught up on, like, this dude is this fast, too. What does Dem- Mike Denbrock want to do? What does yeah. Mike Brown envision? What's mm-hmm. the offense they eventually want to get to? Right? Because yeah. you had neighbors who was a fast, smaller receiver. Well, he's not small, but he was a small, he was smaller than smaller. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller than Thomas, who was a yep. bigger receiver. But Six both four. of them were able to yeah. thrive in Mike Denbrock's system. So yep. this is not just about getting one type. Like, dude, get playmakers. Like, yep. get big guys that can play, get smaller guys that can play. I believe the, the younger kid, the sophomore, he had, like, 49 receptions behind Thomas and Nader. Um, oh. Oh. Um, number four. Is number four? What is his last name? Behind Thomas and Neighbors? Hmm. Hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, Tracy, was it? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember who else on LSU caught a lot of passes. I know Tracy had a bunch of plays this year I, think they had, I know that was the greatness about their offense they had three receivers over Lacey the Lacey kid I'm sorry oh Lacey is what I meant I said Tracy Lacey Tyron Lacey or whatever yeah seven touchdowns and 30 re- seven touchdowns out of 30 receptions yep. <laughs> like dude <laughs> and he's the number three I'll take that t- I'll take the number three receiver having seven touchdowns in Notre Dame yeah absolutely now, you can say he's he's not as fast as neighbors, and he's not as yeah. big as Thomas. He's probably in between. Yeah, but he was productive, and next year would be his year. Yeah, all different body types and styles. I would also say. I mean, I would even go back to the Cincinnati days with Mike Denbrock, Sean, with Desmond Ritter mm. and those cats. They had three wide receivers that were very different, but mm-hmm. were all very productive while he was with Mike Denbrock. One was Alec Pierce, who's 6'3", 210 plus, ran 4'3", or something like that, 4'3", a big physical kid that can run down the field. You had Tyler Scott, who was more of your explosive route runner. And you also had Trey Tucker, who was a 5'8", 5'9", jitterbug in space, more of a Mm -hmm. screen player. And they had those guys, and they were able to make it work. It all worked together, right? And they they Mm -hmm. were able to make it cohesive which was a big thing so yeah well, you, i think i think like at, denbrock has to be a part of this conversation obviously yeah, you look at sark his he loves fast and receivers like yo he holds yeah. his types like adonai mitchell know, xavier worthy yep. xavier worthy those his types for his offense right because he wants yep. he wants to stretch the field and he loves his smallest tight ends yep you know to be able to work look you can that's you know that's the great thing we talk about these young men and the similarities the mm-hmm. fact that they have these similarities as playmakers and being great with the ball at the catch with different night and day measurables and night and day competition it bodes well like right? you can't there is no one that Notre Dame took anyone out of the eight. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be sitting here upset about that sure. tape. Mm-hmm. Are there some that I prefer over the others? Yes. But would I be upset like, oh, man, I can't believe they took that kid. Heck no. And that's just the new offers. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very interesting, the rest of wide receiver recruiting. Folks, as you can see, Notre Dame has, has put a lot of differentiated, diverse skill sets on the board for Notre Dame in the 2025 class. So we'll see how everything works out. Again, there could be a lot mm-hmm. of different varieties and a lot of different combinations that could make sense for Notre Dame. But we're going to talk about some other offers here next, guys, because wide receivers aren't the only players that are being offered. We had two defensive linemen and a linebacker that I love (laughs) that we're going to be able to talk about here next. Before we go, like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Go to boardsdiversbreakdown.com because I did a little bit of a film breakdown of one of these players before we even got on the show today. Sign up there, and we're going to talk the rest of the recruiting trail here next on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>